This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode takes the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Just answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customized paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Every day, our world gets a little more connected but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Tonight, the campaign for president heats up with just 64 days until the election. The battle being fought over who will keep America safe. Tonight, Joe Biden, in his toughest attack yet, accuses President Trump of provoking violence and poisoning democracy. Donald Trump has been a toxic presence in our nation for four years. Does anyone believe there'll be less violence in America? Donald Trump is reelected. Tonight, the president responds. The violent riders share Biden's same talking points and they share his same agenda for our nation. Plus, why are officials in Wisconsin pleading with the president to not visit Kenosha? More police deployed to Portland, Oregon, as the search is on for the person who shot and killed a man during a weekend of protests. Six million cases in the U.S. Why the latest spike in cases is tied to college towns and what Dr. Burke says students should do if they test positive. Racing to a cure. Will there be a vaccine by the November election? What the head of the FDA told CBS News tonight. If you felt pressured to make a vaccine available before it's ready, what would you do? The incredible video tonight of a kite festival gone horribly wrong. How did this little girl walk away with just scratches? And finally tonight, we'll remember Chadwick Boseman, his groundbreaking movie roles, an inspiration for young children, and his private battle with colon cancer, the legacy he leaves behind. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with the battle for America's vote. We are just nine weeks away from Election Day and Joe Biden today making his most forceful attack yet on the president. Both campaigns digging into this central question, who will keep America safe? Biden on his first campaign trip since accepting the Democratic nomination, calling President Trump a, quote, toxin who is fanning the flames of violence, telling voters he would keep America safe from Donald Trump. President Trump firing back, calling Biden weak, accusing him tonight of blaming the police and giving, quote, moral aid to vandals. And that violence referring to the unrest in Kenosha, Wisconsin, following the shooting of Jacob Blake. Trump is headed to Kenosha tomorrow, despite protests from officials there who think his presence will only inflame matters. And the president is also referring to Portland, Oregon, where state police tonight are bracing for more protests there, as officials look for the person who shot and killed a man affiliated with a right-wing group. Now, all this against the backdrop of the coronavirus. The U.S. today crossing a remarkable milestone, over 6 million cases and more than 183,000 lives lost. And only on CBS News tonight, we'll hear from the head of the FDA after comments he made caused confusion over the weekend. Is the FDA under pressure to fast-track a vaccine before the November election? We have a lot of news to get to and a team covering it all. We're going to begin tonight with CBS's Paula Reed at the White House. Good evening, Paula. Good evening, Nora. Well, the gloves came off in the presidential race today. Joe Biden accused President Trump of fanning the flames of violence in this country instead of fighting them. And a short time ago, President Trump accused Biden of sharing an agenda with rioters. Does anyone believe there'll be less violence in America if Donald Trump is reelected? We need justice in America. We need safety in America. Joe Biden unleashed on President Trump today for tweets praising those involved in violent protests in Portland. Donald Trump looks at this violence and he sees a political lifeline. Trump posts an all-caps tweet screaming, law and order, to save his campaign. The former vice president condemned the violence. Rioting is not protesting. Looting is not protesting. And said the president's law and order campaign slogan was actually a sign of weakness. He may believe mouthing the words law and order makes him strong. But his failure to call on his own supporters to stop acting as an armed militia in this country shows how weak he is. Amid violence in cities like Seattle, Kenosha and Portland, where a member of a far-right political group was killed over the weekend, President Trump has harshly criticized the local Democratic leaders. And the people in Portland should protest because the mayor doesn't know what he's doing. Wisconsin's governor and Kenosha's mayor have both warned the president's visit tomorrow would hinder the healing process. Donald Trump has been a toxic presence in our nation for four years, poisoning how we talk to one another poisoning how we treat one another. President Trump has repeatedly claimed that a Biden victory will fuel the unrest in cities across the country. No one will be safe in Biden's America. Today, Biden punched back. I find it fascinating. Quote, you won't be safe in Joe Biden's America. And what's their proof? The violence we're seeing in Donald Trump's America. These are not images of some imagined Joe Biden America in the future. These are images of Donald Trump's America today. Tonight, President Trump claimed Biden and the rioters were working together. The rioters and Joe Biden 
have a side, they're both on the side of the radical left. Ask yourself, do I look like a radical socialist with a soft spot for rioters? Really? Asked tonight if he thought that his trip to Wisconsin tomorrow could increase tensions, President Trump said he believes it could actually increase enthusiasm and respect for the country. And Joe Biden says he, too, may travel to Wisconsin soon. Nora. It is a battleground state, certainly, in this election. Paula Reed, thank you. Let's go now to Kenosha, Wisconsin, because the county sheriff says more than 200 arrests have been made during protests that followed the police shooting of Jacob Blake. 1,500 National Guard members have been deployed to keep the peace as the city now braces for this presidential visit. Here's CBS's Mola Lenghi. As protests in Kenosha enter their second week, the city braces for a controversial presidential visit. The White House says there are currently no plans to meet with Jacob Blake's family. Instead, the president will meet with local law enforcement and business owners and tour damage from the protests. Meanwhile, Oregon State Police returned to Portland following clashes between Trump supporters and counter-protesters over the weekend. 39-year-old Aaron Danielson was killed on Saturday night. He appears to have been a member of a far-right group. A man is reportedly under investigation for the shooting. Back in Kenosha... Seven shots changed life instantaneously. Pastor David Montgomery's church barely survived as fires from protests tore through this mostly minority neighborhood last week. Before Jacob Blake was shot, what were the racial dynamics in this town? I mean, was it a tinderbox ready to... Ready to burst? I didn't think it was a tinderbox, but the but the truths were were evident. Um, when you look at a community where you have African American and Hispanic, and there's a lack of financial resources in there, education, joblessness, and then something like this happens, it's kind of like opening the box. You know what's in the box. Montgomery says he uh, hopes President Trump's planned visit is more than just a photo op. What fruit is going to manifest? from you coming. What's your plan? Scott Carpenter's family furniture store of 32 years is in ruins. He wants the president to see it for himself. You think that's going to be helpful? Yeah, I think it is going to be helpful that President Trump comes here. He can see the destruction that is caused by the, the violence. Well, moments ago, the president was asked to comment on the actions of Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old who was charged with killing two people uh, out here, two protesters in Kenosha last week on one of the more devastating nights that saw destruction just like this. The president said he would look at it, but did not outright condemn it. Rittenhouse's attorneys say the 17-year-old acted in self-defense, Nora. Mololengi, thank you. Today, Liberty University hired an outside firm to conduct a wide-ranging investigation into Jerry Falwell Jr.'s tenure as president. And that includes, they say, financial, real estate, and legal matters. Now, Falwell, a staunch supporter of President Trump, resigned last week from the Christian school after acknowledging that his wife had an affair with a young pool attendant. Falwell claims that man tried to black him after they went into business together. Now to our CBS News interview with the head of the FDA, who confirmed with us tonight the FDA would consider emergency approval for a COVID vaccine before clinical trials are completed. Now, that has raised a number of concerns that there is pressure to get a vaccine approved before the November election. Dr. John LaPook asked Dr. Stephen Hahn if politics is playing a role in vaccine development as we continue our series, Racing to a Cure. 
Really good question. Tonight, FDA Commissioner Dr. Stephen Hahn insists the agency is not losing its independence when it comes to making a vaccine against COVID-19 available. The public is concerned about the politicization of the process. President Trump tweeted about a deep state at the FDA. There are people in the medical community who are being critical of the whole process. I can tell you our decision at FDA will not be made on any other criteria than the science and data associated with these clinical trials. Dr. Hahn says depending on that data, it's possible a vaccine could be available by election day under an emergency use authorization program before a phase three trial is completely finished. Have you felt pressured politically to make a decision one way or another? I have not been pressured politically to make an incorrect decision. How about pressured to make what you think is a correct decision? I I mean, there's been pressure throughout this pandemic, John. I think anybody who doesn't acknowledge that um, would be kidding themselves. Some vaccine manufacturers have said they could start delivering vaccines by the end of the year. If you felt pressured to make a vaccine available before it's ready, what would you do? We will not make that decision on the basis of politics. That's a promise. Would that promise go so far as to say that if you are pressured to make that kind of decision that you don't agree with, you would resign? I think all options are on the table with respect. I hope we won't be in that position. Dr. Hahn says the public should have confidence in agency guidance, which recommends a vaccine be at least 50 percent effective. But, Nora, even if some vaccine doses are made available in the fall, former FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb says widespread use is not expected until next year. All right, Dr. LaPook, thank you. Tonight, the head of the president's coronavirus task force is urging college students to remain on campus if they test positive for COVID-19. Dr. Deborah Burks is worried that students could spread the virus if they end up going home. Here's CBS's Jamie Yukis. As colleges welcome students back, some are already shutting down. Tonight, Temple University is closed for at least two weeks. The University of Alabama now reporting more than a thousand positive cases. Nearly 300 students at Utah State are in quarantine after COVID was found in wastewater from dorms. And Baylor is asking its students to shelter in place after a cluster of cases. To halt the spread, health officials now say don't send students home. If we were able to test everybody on campus twice a week, uh, that would make it dramatically safer to be on campus. Another concern? Behavior. Look at this pool party near the University of South Carolina. Not a mask in sight. As deaths continue to mount, the U.S. has passed one heartening milestone. More than two million recoveries. Greg Mundus was in a coma for 34 days. Doctors thought he wouldn't survive. I guess, you know what I really miss? The touch. I miss my wife and I miss my grandkids giving me a hug. Also trying to recover the economy. Tonight in parts of California, some businesses like salons, gyms, even restaurants are allowed to reopen. But 80 percent of the state is still under tight restrictions. Nora. Jamie Yukis, thank you. Tonight, tributes to Chadwick Boseman continue to come in from around the world. The actor, who will forever be known for playing the first major black superhero, died Friday at 43 years old. His many fans and nearly everyone he worked with had no idea that he'd been battling colon cancer. Here's CBS's Michelle Miller. Chadwick Boseman wasn't just the face of the blockbuster Black Panther movie franchise. He was a -a one-of-a-kind inspiration. The leading man in a string of films immortalizing the lives of historical black icons. 
everyone from Oprah Winfrey to the Obamas expressed sorrow over his death. But it hasn't just been the famous who are feeling the pain. Millions of fans of all kinds continue to grieve. They make me feel sad. Take seven-year-old Kean Westbrook, who held his own memorial for Bozeman outside his fluorescent Missouri home. In attendance, all of his Avenger action figures. Bozeman's Black Panther lying atop a shoebox draped in black. His father's Twitter posts earned more than a half million likes. He was a very good man, and I, I loved him so much. And you wanted to say goodbye? Yes, and he's the love to my heart. Bozeman played the characters of Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall, Jackie Robinson, and James Brown. But he was a late bloomer by Hollywood standards. The Howard University graduate studied in England and directed plays in New York before landing his first big movie role at 36. But playing King T'Challa represented a pivotal moment in his career as well as for all people of color. It was a revolutionary one that we knew we could throw a lot of our passion into. Bozeman kept his colon cancer diagnosis in 2016 private, continuing to work during treatment. Even Black Panther director Ryan Coogler was in the dark. Because he was a caretaker, a leader, and a man of faith, dignity, and pride, he shielded his collaborators from his suffering. But the shock of his death shines a light on a cancer that affects black men and women at a higher rate than any other group, partly because it requires access to good testing and quality medical care. You know, young people like Chad um, are, are diagnosed at later stage. Despite his disease, Bozeman worked to the very end, fully aware that superheroes aren't just in the movies. And Nora, yet another real-life story he sought to tell. Just two weeks ago, he signed on to produce a TV series about the Little Rock Nine, those young black students who led the fight to desegregate public schools in the landmark Supreme Court case, Brown versus the Board of Education. He was hoping to contribute so much more. Michelle, thank you. Now to this story. It was a miracle escape for a young girl after she was caught in the tail of a kite and sent soaring. A sudden gust of wind at a festival in Taiwan caused the kite to wrap around the three-year-old. She was twirled and hurled 100 feet into the air for close to 30 seconds. Frantic onlookers finally rescued the girl who thankfully suffered only minor cuts. Incredible. Basketball legend John Thompson has died. The man known simply as Big John was the first black head coach to win the NCAA championship with Georgetown in 1984. He coached there for 27 years, pacing the Hoya sideline with his familiar white towel. Thompson was a fighter for racial justice both on and off the court and a fierce advocate for players like Patrick Ewing, Alonzo Mourning and Allen Iverson, who revered him as a mentor and role model. In a tweet, Iverson wrote, Thanks for saving my life, coach. John Thompson was 78 years old. He was the coach when I attended Georgetown, and his legacy lives on. Chadwick Boseman was just 43 years old when he died. He had so many iconic roles and a unique ability to inspire on and off the movie screen. So tonight we wanted to spend some time hearing from Boseman in his own words. Sometimes you need to feel the pain and sting of defeat. I'll give you the guts. To activate the real passion and purpose that God predestined 
inside of you. I won't let you down. Purpose crosses disciplines. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Remember, the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Your Honor, I must he speak for the client. Speak. We all know what it's like to be told that there is not a place for you to be featured. Yet you are young, gifted, and black. I must write these wrongs. We know what it's like to be the tail and not the head. I never yielded! We know what it's like to be beneath and not above. If you are willing to take the harder way, the more complicated one, the one with more failures at first than successes, the one that has ultimately proven to have more meaning, more victory, more glory, then you will not regret it. Remember, the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, they were among the heroes of the pandemic, but now EMTs could fall victim to layoffs. We'll have their story. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Farian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.